0: another episode of philosophy raga podcast all about video games and philosophy it's the second ever interview episode um and it's kind of a weird one because i've actually got the person sat in the room in front of me which before i didn't and that was she's just turned around really dramatically i wish you could see that um this is hannah this is my other half this is the lady who lives with me and stuff say hello (laughs) hello hi You right.
1: I've been with you all day, it feels weird saying hello.
0: Oh yeah, no, that that is a good point, it is kind of strange. I think it's just, I've never interviewed someone face-to-face for anything, or been interviewed face-to-face, I don't think, so this is kind of strange. So yeah, you're, Hannah, do you want to introduce?
1: What?
0: No, I know, do you want to introduce yourself? Is there anything you want to tell people about who you are? Not really. Okay, fair enough. I'm just,
1: I'm just your promoter.
0: That's that's true. Um, a lot of the stuff that you see from me on kind of social media about if if it's about me being any good at anything, it's probably Hannah that's kind of like suggested that I should do that. You're very, you're a very good kind of hype man, and you showed me how to use Instagram, yeah, which was good because I had no idea. Um, so you you are I would say you're a gamer. I think it's, in some ways you might even be more of a gamer than me. Like for certain kind of for certain eras, I think. Like where where did you get started with that?
1: Hmm. Just my PlayStation 1. Like, just, I don't know. I just played
0: it. Okay, so what kind of stuff did you play on the PlayStation 1?
1: Or just whatever my parents would let me buy. Oh,
0: yeah. I guess that makes sense. So,
1: like, uh, brightly colored games, because the PlayStation was downstairs. Yeah. They didn't want to have to be looking at dark screens all the time if it was going to be in their living room. So, like, with games like today, like Call of Duty and Mm. things like that, where it's just grey, Mum was like, well, if we're going to have something downstairs in our living room. like it, You want it to at least look like, friendly to look at and have nice music on in the background. So that's yeah. why it was like Rayman or Crash Bash.
0: I, so the way you said Rayman reminded me of the Dayman song from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Something yeah. just, just inflection.
1: Rayman.
0: Ah. Um, but I, I was trying to think whether there even were any games on PS1 that like, I feel like there used to be a lot more colourful games. I don't, like, maybe it was because with the technology, like, certainly if you go out to sort of pixelated stuff... Things had to be more colourful because otherwise you wouldn't be able to tell what was going on, and I feel like that carried on into PS. Like I feel like there were more colourful games then than there are now.
1: Oh yeah, easily. Even yeah. race car games were colourful. <laughs> I feel like. Well, I feel like even they're not as much now.
0: Like everything's kind of more realistic, which basically means toned down colour. Like it's not as stylish. Yeah,
1: where you get like fluorescent cars or all Need for Speed, you could like put stripes on it and under lighting on your car. Yeah,
0: I mean, do you think that's why you still? Because you definitely have a preference now for games that are brightly coloured, that look more like kind of, I guess, something stylish than something real.
1: I just want to see what the I'm doing.
0: <laughs> you know, yeah, no, yeah. I do.
1: I don't want to have to shut my curtains and close my door so there's no glare on my TV just to see where the man with the gun is behind a barrel.
0: That's that's fair enough. You know,
1: like I don't want to have to strain. I wanna, I want things to jump out on the screen
0: but also you get really scared when things do like you hate being chased yeah you cannot deal with being chased at all um so what are you you playing at the moment? Uh, I don't know we're not playing anything at the moment are we? well we we kind of I guess we've we've had a fair good run of a few long games recently so you finished GTA 5 Mm not that long ago and then we got straight into Saints Row 4 um I think no? I didn't play that yeah you did no, I Saints Row, you know the one where you you're, you're the boss and there's aliens and you.
1: Oh, f- oh yeah. Sorry, oh, I you... was thinking of the one that we started Drake's Causeway. Oh, Way Uncharted.
0: Drake's Causeway. <laughs> it's not like a shopping center. Yeah. Really oh yeah.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I forgot that was Saint. Yeah, I liked that.
0: Yeah, S- Saints Row. Not not the same as Uncharted. Um, yeah. But that's... again, I didn't
1: like that as much because there was never day and night. It was just always dark. Mm. Whereas at least in GTA, you've got a sunny day and a rainy day.
0: But it is, it is still very kind of, it's it's dark, but there's a lot of like neon stuff and kind of things that, that give you lots of colour going on and things like that. Yeah,
1: you never have to squint to see what you're looking at or change yeah. the brightness settings on your TV, which yeah. I've had to do for a lot of stuff before.
0: Mm. And I think you had a great time with Spider-Man as well. Yeah. Which, like, I think when we bought it, I wasn't necessarily expecting either of us to enjoy it as much as we did.
1: Well, we have not played a game like that before, though.
0: I mean, I, I liked Spider Man back on the PS2 and stuff, um, hmm. but I was I I I really enjoyed like how you took to kind of the web swinging and stuff and just kind of um, yeah. you got very what's well, like driving, is
1: it? Well, yeah, not not in real life, but on <laughs> GTA, it's you know getting the angle right, knowing when to drift, knowing when to take a harsh turn. It was just the same with swinging.
0: This this feels like it's somehow relevant to the topic that we've been doing on the show lately, which is epistemology. It's about knowledge. Like,
1: I think it does. It does. There's
0: kind of there's that transferable. Well, we'll talk about your opinion of philosophy mm, in general. It's a philosophy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, Hannah is. How would you describe your opinion of philosophy in general?
1: Unnecessary. Like yeah. philosophy is unnecessary.
0: Right. Why? What makes you think that?
1: Can you tell me what philosophy has added to day to day life?
0: Oh yeah, so much. Like what? Well, um, it's
1: okay. It's hard. It's hard. I'm like to... Boris Johnson.
0: Oh no, never. It's hard to quantify. I think because like <coughs> philosophy. Don't do that. Philosophy is like kind of inherently not practical, and you're a very practical person. But there have there has to. How be do some... you, how do
1: you function in life about practical things? Well, you have
0: to you have to have had some degree of thought about the theory and the stuff that goes into things before you can start making practical changes.
1: Well, how long has philosophy been around for?
0: Like 4,000 years. And why is it still
1: not anything practical then? You guys are f***ing hanging out your asses. It's,
0: you're going to be, there's going to be a lot of bleep sounds <laughs> on you, I can tell. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I think the thing is once it sort of, starts becoming something practical these days, I guess it moves from being seen as philosophy to being seen as science, but like back in ye olden days and like in the ancient Greek times and stuff, being a philosopher just meant you, you were someone who looked for knowledge of all kinds. So it used to be that, that what we would call scientists were philosophers and they were the people who did these investigations to find out how the world But worked. now they're
1: not called philosophers because we now know that it wasn't philosophy, they're actually scientists because they were doing something research driven.
0: Well... Um, I mean, you know, I'm not here to, <laughs> this, the, the point of the show isn't to defend philosophy as, as a, as an institution, just to suggest that maybe there are some interesting things about it, even if they don't have necessarily much practical use. But I think, I think being able to, to think philosophically about stuff is useful in a lot of ways, because like being able to work out what something's really about and kind of to, to, I guess, get to the heart of, of what's going on and work out whether that Actually, makes sense or not is quite important, like all the time, presumably.
1: Yeah, because you can then do something with it. But philosophy just goes, oh, let's just ask one more question. It's nice to ask questions. Yeah, but then what?
0: Then you hand it over to someone who can <laughs> do. The... Oh, I don't know. Um...
1: Surely so you have meaning because it informs progress.
0: Well, yeah, and I, I think I don't think philosophy should be kind of an ivory tower thing where you don't, you know, you, you come to some sort of argument and you don't do anything with it. I think I think in, a, in an ideal world, people would be doing philosophy and then those those people would be influencing like policy and stuff like I mean, because a lot of politicians do take what is it? P.P.? uni or whatever. it's like philosophy politics and economy
1: that's <laughs> the protective something. equipment you've done ppe <laughs> no i'm sure it's a
0: degree I, i'm gonna have to look this up later but um i'm sure th- the degree is like philosophy politics and economics or something like that mm-hmm. because being able to think philosophically about stuff if you're then in a position to actually act on that and to put practical Policy changes into place, then actually that does become useful.
1: I'd argue sociology would be a better one to put instead of philosophy.
0: Maybe sociology is just philosophy about people. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. You did sociology, I didn't.
1: Yeah, I couldn't tell you what it's about though. What not at all. Not really. I know I enjoyed it, but I didn't see what I could do with it, which is why I didn't take it any further.
0: But what you did take further was psychology. That's kind of psychology is kind of your discipline. It's what you have your degree in and all that. So. How to kind of bring it back? I guess to thinking about knowledge and knowing stuff and whatnot. How? how but if would you bring you...
1: it, if you're bringing it back, you bring it back to games. You just asked a half-hearted question about games just to have a cheap segue.
0: That's the point of the show. It's talking about philosophy and games. Okay,
1: okay. It's
0: like joining them up. We, we, we'll, we'll link this into gaming in a minute if, okay. it, if it helps. Right. But like, it, I just think it's quite interesting to think about. So obviously as a psychology person you think philosophy is not of much practical use but psychology is so how in psychology do you come to be able to say that you know something
1: i read a paper on it
0: and how's is, how's is the person <laughs> okay how's the person who wrote the paper might be a better question
1: well the psychology is too broad to say that in general terms it depends on whether you're looking at just developing a theory Mm. in which case you'd identify components of the theory and then test whether they actually exist in day-to-day life. Or if you're testing psychological treatment, you, ap- you apply the treatment and then observe whether you get the results you'd want from the treatment.
0: So, the, I guess the so kind you of...
1: have you have to de- be able to define it to then test it.
0: Mm. But so the, the research methods that you use in psychology to come to any kind of conclusion are very much... They're empirical, right? It's about... Um, doing something and kind of measuring what the output is i guess yeah like and there's not i feel like you're kind of because it might be a social science but it is it is a science and so you're kind of held to the the method of testing stuff by seeing whether you can prove whether it's false or not basically right yeah um long silence because i haven't thought about what where this is going
1: put crickets in this bit
0: can you can you just do a quack for a sec can do it a bit closer.
1: Oh, that's really it. bad. That's, yeah.
0: It's <laughs> that just your impression of the show as a whole?
1: <laughs> oh,
0: dear. Do you listen to the show?
1: Yeah. Not, not for the last couple ones, but your first little block you put out.
0: Do you enjoy the show?
1: It was nice to listen to your voice. Aww. I liked having it on at work.
0: That's nice. Thank you. Um, okay, so let's let's maybe move on from psychology because it's something i don't know enough about to be able to ask like sensible questions if we're thinking about like games that we've played and we're thinking about how we learn stuff because again that's what we've been talking about in the show so i should try and at least connect to it a little bit how do you like a game to teach you things like do, you, do are you one of those people who really likes reading a manual kind of the whole way through or... well they don't
1: exist anymore do they, oh, they yeah. haven't existed since like ps2 days
0: my favorite thing used to be getting a new game and then just going and reading the manual before i ever turned it on I would...
1: all of the 2k wrestling games you'd get a little manual and it'd be how to do a steel cage match how to do a ladder match how to win the royal rumble match and then there was just one day i bought the game and it was just a piece of paper saying go to wwe.com slash 2k12 oh. to get the manual i I get it because it saves on paper yeah but it just assumes that you have access to the internet
0: i feel like there was kind of a gradual decline because i remember the i remember the manuals of Game Boy Advance games being, like they were like little pamphlets. And they, they have
1: like, like every single language in them. Yeah,
0: and they would they would have pictures of the characters and tell you who each person was, yeah, and then Rena what each button them. does. Um, and then kind of PS2 you get, it might, it might not have been many less pages actually, because it was kind of a, a bigger book, but then you, you move on from that and suddenly you have maybe a single sheet that just shows like a picture of a controller with what each button does, but there's no context well, for that.
1: No, it'd be a picture of a controller with an arrow to the square button saying square button x button oh yeah x button r2 is the r2 button it would just give you a map of what you're looking at yeah
0: that was it was a weird oh yeah no you're right because it was a weird thing to do because of course like almost the point of a controller is that the buttons are labeled Mm -hmm. like themselves you don't need something else to tell you what what they are and
1: if you've played them to the point that you've rubbed the numbers off and (laughs) i think you know how to use the controller
0: you'd think so so but so you did you did used to read the manuals basically, like before you would play the games?
1: Well, only only for the wrestling ones, because that had different sequences. It wasn't just X to jump, square to punch. It was you had to hold circle and direction buttons to do a grapple. If you wanted to do a, a grapple hold, you'd have to have like R1 and circle at the same time. Hmm. So there were too many different combinations just to learn by trial and error. Like
0: so there that's... were enough
1: combinations that you wouldn't have known them just by practising.
0: Hmm so I guess a question that that kind of leads to then is do you like I guess when you when you can find things out in a game by experimenting and you, you can kind of work that stuff out yourself or do you like it if a game kind of flashes up and tells you like press X to do this or whatever because like um, what were we playing recently? Well we played a little bit of the first Uncharted game and mm. I think near the start of that as you're kind of walking around um, it'll flash up with you know press triangle to do this Press, I think it even says press like triangle, square, square to do a combo. Well, yeah,
1: are and Plank do that.
0: Of course, yeah. So do you like it when a game, I guess, does that and outright says, here's what you do? Or do you like kind of having to find that out for yourself a little bit?
1: If I've bought a game, it's because I want to play the game. So why would I not want to be told as soon as possible, here's what to do, you know? That's fair. I like, I like being told X, even though you can work out it's going to be bloody X to jump, but it's just nice having X to jump, hold X to jump for longer. Yeah.
0: I think Ratchet and Clank, I don't remember, I feel bad that I don't remember the earlier ones well enough to remember how they did it. But the recent one has, I think, quite a good, it kind of introduces you to the different movements that you can do and tells you as you go along, like with examples. So yeah. immediately after you get Clank's like hovering ability, you have an obstacle course where you have to use it and it yeah. tells you that's that's what you do. Um, but I was thinking of, so one of the games that we really have enjoyed playing together was Overcooked. Yeah. Um, And I, I feel like there's, there's a, a kind of, element of of both sort of game telling you what to do and you figuring out what to do in that in that there's a nice little screen that tells you with pictures here's what each button does you can pick up chop dash etc and then you get a little recipe screen every time there's a new item to tell you how to cook it but as far as working out in each level how to actually do something effectively in order to get out enough items in time to get a good score and stuff. Like, you have to do a lot of trial and error sometimes. I mean, we've restarted overcooked levels. But isn't that
1: the same for any game? On Grand Theft Auto, you know what buttons are to shoot, but that doesn't mean I didn't die millions of times on the game by throwing a grenade at myself, you know? All games have to have trial and error.
0: That's a fair point. Okay, okay maybe maybe a better... <laughs> Maybe a better example then wouldn't be something where you have to, cause, yeah, I if a specific game told you outright how to solve everything, that, that would be stupid. It wouldn't yeah, be if you part. had
1: a map of, if you walk this way, you're going to avoid this person that's waiting with a gun with you. Like, you're not actually in control of the game then, are you? The game is just giving just... you a walkthrough. Yeah,
0: you're just it's... watching
1: someone else play it on YouTube, basically, if that's the case.
0: or I don't think you ever played a walking simulator, have you? They're the sort of games. <laughs> You know what the term. What? So.
1: Whoa, oh, that sad, sad person.
0: It's not no, actually. Look out his
1: window. and thought I could go for a walk. No, let's make a game about walking. Ah. Oh.
0: So it's not quite. I get
1: wh- it for like maybe rehab <laughs> for people or people that can't walk anymore, but ah. Yeah. Oh.
0: It's not quite what it sounds like though. So um, walking simulator is a term that's used to refer to a game where you, you aren't necessarily just walking, like going for a walk, but all you really do is walk and maybe interact with stuff you don't. There's no kind of combat. There might not be any puzzle solving. Like, you, you kind of uncover the story just by moving through it. So it's a book. It, well, a lot of people have argued that walking simulators are not real games because they, they're not sufficiently interactive.
1: No, you have no influence over the game. It's just a book. A book that takes up electricity and internet usage and damages your eyes more than reading a book.
0: So I take it you're never going to want to play one of those then? No. Fair enough. I'll
1: just go ten steps outside my door and just walk down and go hi, Sue. <laughs> I got as much stimulation out of that than I would have done if I played that game, even more.
0: Fair, fair point. Um, I feel like I haven't explained what a Walking Simulator is well enough, but you've got a point. Um, but I think may- maybe overcooked. If was it a... was like
1: juicy, if it was if like it was what. If it was like juicy information, like juicy. a Real Housewives thing, like, oh, if you see this person, tell her she's a b- because she called my husband fat. So, and I'd be like, oh, I'm going to go and see what her side of the story is now.
0: Okay, so what, what I'm hearing here then is that you, you would play a game where basically you were just like a fly on the wall in a Real housewife situation, <laughs> just kind of finding out bits of gossip yeah. about each person. I mean, has someone, ma- someone should make that.
1: It's called the Real Housewives of Orange County. You oh, you watched just it watched, it, on watched
0: TV. it. Yeah, fair point. Um, so maybe Overcooked wasn't a great example as far as like something where you have to do trial and error because, like, like you said, if you don't have to do any trial and error, it just becomes it's not even interactive, really. Um, maybe so. Maybe something like Spider Man, though, because it tells you early on what you have to do, and then you get the chance to to try it out. But there's some stuff that you don't get told, like how to combine certain things. Like you you can web bomb and then electric web or whatever it is to kind of create like a
1: chain reaction sort of thing. So yeah, or like put them up in the gravity thing and then...
0: Yes, if you put them up in the gravity gravity well, is it called? And then you web bomb them, then when they fall down, they're all webbed to the ground and it's like, it's brilliant. So like there's a degree of, I guess, experimentation to combine things that you know you have available, but the game doesn't say you can combine them for to do this. Hmm. Do you like that? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like it in that context, because you wouldn't need to know that to pass the game still.
0: Yes, so it's kind of something that adds to like your feeling of how good you are at it, I guess. It makes, it makes you feel like you've worked out a, a better way of doing something that just helps you.
1: But it was still the same button, you just had to change the gadget you were using, which I like. When on Uncharted, where it was like, press square, square, triangle, circle up to do a combo attack, you're never going to remember that. So you're going to have to pause it every time and go, what was the combo? Whereas at least in those games, it's just, oh, change weapon, throw, change weapon, throw. I, I, I
0: feel like the, the combos in Uncharted are like three buttons. It's only ever square or triangle. But I will say, because I've played a bit more of it like on my own and I've tried to do physical combos and I've never managed to get them right. I feel like I'm doing it wrong. Even though if I stand next to an enemy, it says press triangle, square, triangle or whatever. And I never managed to do it right. I don't know why.
1: That's what I mean. So I feel like when you can do stuff like that, like add combos, I don't think that makes it as fun because they're they're not part of the basic gameplay that you'd be used to, like muscle memory playing. Mm. But with Spider Man, where it's the same button but you just change the meaning of what pressing that button does, that's easier.
0: But you don't you don't feel like that takes you out of having like enough control or anything because like if you're only pressing one button, like your input is fairly limited. But you don't feel like that. We're not takes pushing you...
1: one button. There's still other buttons you've got to push. But you're in control of what that button does.
0: That's a, that's a good way of looking at it, I think. You're in control of what the button does. No, I like that. I mean, you've you've never been one for, like, fighting games, really. I think we played a, a Street Fighter game once, but, like, because those are all about memorising combos that you will not get told you have to remember them for each character. No. Not a fan?
1: I played Bloody Roar 2, where you could morph into an animal.
0: Nice. <laughs> Was that... Was that, was that, that was a fighting game, wasn't it?
1: one. Yeah. But it, were, it was just like you move backwards and forwards, and I think it was just like jump and square. And, and then like you'd, you'd like do. hold triangle, and then you'd turn into the animal.
0: Right, because a lot, of, a lot of fighting games like Street Fighter and Tekken and stuff are very based around having to learn like some, some really complicated sequences of presses, like with, with both hands at the same time kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and we played a bit of... Um, what was the WWE one on mobile? I can't remember what it was called.
1: Oh, I, I know. Yeah, back at uni.
0: Yeah. That was ages ago. Immortals or something. Sort of, it, I think it's a bit like the Injustice games, but basically it was like a side scrolling, not side scrolling. It was like a fighting game where you're kind of a legendary version of a WWE wrestler. But I, th- I think all you could do was light attack, heavy attack, and then super move or something. Hmm. And I don't, I don't think kind of combining them in different ways really did anything particularly useful.
1: I just want to. I just want to chill out playing a game. Mm. Like I don't want to have to keep pausing it and googling what's the combo just to get past this level.
0: Yeah, you. You. I think what we found with Uncharted is what, well, and to an extent with Batman Arkham Asylum, which we kind of played a bit of together recently as well. You don't really like it if you don't feel like you're being told clearly enough what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, or kind of, or where you're supposed to be. Um, like, I don't know whether you've ever played any... Well, no, you have played open world games because you played GTA and you really liked that.
1: Mm, but there was a map. Mm. So if I wanted to know where to go, I would open my map and select it. And it'd be flagged on my map. If I wanted to go to a strip club, I'll find the strip club. <laughs> and you did and like going to the me, strip club. gave me up with my nice friend there. If I want to go to the golf club, like, it's all on the map.
0: Mm. And you could even get it to set a waypoint so that it would show you like arrows to go to the yeah. right place as well um but I th- yeah i think it's because like you say you, you don't want the game to tell you exactly what to do to progress because then what's the point of playing it it's all but like you you need i think i think for for you 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 don't enjoy the bit where you're kind of sat there going what do i do now
1: no i like to be productive
0: yeah you, you like your game you like well, you, you like to get like banking in buck with your gaming time you like every minute to be you're doing stuff as opposed to sat there going I don't know where I'm supposed to go next yeah so like
1: if I, I want to wander around I'm more of a like I like I'd rather do that in real life I'd rather go out for a walk if I just want to walk around and not really have much of an agenda but if I'm choosing to play a game and hold a controller I want to know that I'm playing the game not having to go have I just been down this corridor or was it this one Or that stupid bit on Spider-Man where that is like, oh, my friends are by the the Lincoln Tower over on the south side of New York City. And I'm thinking, I don't live in New York City. How am I supposed to know where to go? And it doesn't come up on your map. You get no indicator. The
0: guy who, I can't remember what his name is, but yeah, like his friends have gone missing and he shows you a picture of where they are.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was there just last week. Like, oh. That yeah, that, me. That,
0: that felt kind of unfair for non-New York natives. Although I think Spidey would usually say something like, that's on the south side and then you could kind of work yeah. out from the map where it might be. But yeah, no, I, I, I get what you're saying. I think it's like, it's just frustrating if you kind if you feel like you're spending the time that you want to be doing something kind of thinking, actually, is this, is this even what I'm supposed to be doing? Like, you don't want to go off on some wrong track.
1: Especially if it's a game where you can't save it whenever you want. If you've got to complete a mission or get to yeah. a checkpoint and you're thinking, well, I want to be done in 10 minutes, but I haven't even found where I need to go yet to save the game.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the fact that you were, like, super into stuff that was, like, like kind of platform like Rayman and that kind of thing. Yeah. And, like, Pokemon as well, like... There's never really a time in those games where you don't know where you're going because it will always be... Well, in Rayman, you're going left to right, right? <laughs> like So you know where you need to be.
1: Yeah, and you know the left to right is getting to the end of the level and then the level is done.
0: Mm. And then, you yeah, you go on to the next one. Yeah. I swear, there's stuff like Mario, I guess, that kind of sometimes throws a sparrow... A sparrow? <laughs> a, a spanner in that where... Like, most of the time you're going left to right and that's fine, but then in, like, um, the the haunted houses you have to kind of work out which door you need and mm. some in some worlds you need to find like a secret exit to yeah. progress that that i always found a little bit like i don't know i feel like if i if i have to google it to progress because it's a secret exit even though it's the one that i need in order to actually move yeah, on yeah you should like get to a good. bonus
1: if you find the secret exit and usually that's what it would be it would let you skip something or it would let you kind of We're, like, mid-twenties, and we've had to Google it within the last six months, which store we need to go in and how to escape the haunted house. How is a six-year-old playing it going to do it?
0: Do you think that's just a bad reflection on us? No. Okay. You said that with such conviction. (laughs) No. It is not. That's fair. So, okay, I'm going to ask you a question now. What do you think... And we've played Saints very recently, so this is, mm-hmm. there's kind of some, some relevance here. What do you think about the idea that maybe everything we think we know isn't real and we might be in some sort of simulation, or we might be like a brain in a vat somewhere. We might be being tricked by a demon and this world is not really what there is.
1: I don't care. Like, I, like, <laughs> <laughs> whether that's true or whether it's not true, I'm still living this life either way, you know?
0: So that again that seems like a very practical kind of you you sort of have you heard of the expression the the gordian knot? No. So it's I think it was Alexander the Great, right? He he hears that there's this um represent what?
1: Alexander the Great. Are you a big fan of Alexander <laughs> the Great? I didn't know
0: that. Um so Alexander the Great hears that there's this this knot which is supposed to be impossible to untie. Um and so he goes to wherever it is. I guess it's probably either someone called Gordian or something, but it's called the Gordian knot. Anyway, um, so it's supposed to be impossible to untie, and he just cuts it in half with his sword. And he goes, did that. And I feel like that's kind of what you're <laughs> doing with these with these <laughs> issues. Like rather rather than try and tackle them, like on on the grounds that you might be expected to, like an, an answer to the question, you kind of go, actually, I don't need to consider this. What would the answer be to grounds. that
1: question, though?
0: Well, the answer would be either yes, I'm sure that I'm in a, a real world, or no, I'm not sure I'm in a real world.
1: But either way, you'd then ask me for my reasoning. But there's no, there's no solid reasoning for either of those, is there? If I say yes, I'm sure in a real world, you go, what makes you sure you're in a real world? Well,
0: yeah, yes that seems yeah, to exactly. be
1: fair. Yeah, but then it's just an endless loop, isn't it? Well,
0: so there have been people throughout history who have tried to. How do I know to... this
1: chair is a chair? You know, like that's that's philosophy, isn't it? How do you know you really want a chair? Kind of. Yeah, like. Ooh.
0: Well, it's, it's people. People for thousands of years have been trying to come up with with solutions to these. And like Descartes was a fairly famous one. You know the guy who said, "I think, therefore I am."
1: Mm, yeah.
0: What was that? Oh, that's pompous, isn't it? Well, it's it's kind of a good point though. So he was he was trying to work out what he could say for sure that he knew, right? And so he's thinking, can I be sure that this world that I'm in and I can see is real? Not really, because it could be a demon tricking me or something. Can I be sure that my body exists no same thing but i can be sure that i exist because if i didn't exist how would i be doubting whether i exist or not so because he thinks he can say he is he am he am exactly he think therefore he am so from there he kind of i mean he he kind of uses god as a as a shorthand to then build up actually fairly quickly again to the real world must be real because god wouldn't allow us to be tricked like that um but other people have obviously taken different tacks on on that problem
1: but if we're going down the god route isn't that actually then a simulation if god's made it up
0: what so we're, we're going to cover this in a future episode actually it's weird that you would say that so um there's one one bloke in particular who is fairly well convinced well he's, he's been dead for a long time who, who's fairly well convinced that um there's no such thing as actual physical reality um and he thinks that the only is it
1: brian kendrick
0: it's not brian it's not the brian kendrick um <laughs> wrestler and conspiracy theorist no or AJ Styles um a chap called Bishop Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Bishop wasn't his first name it was a title but anyway he said that um he couldn't be sure that there was there was actual physical reality but if we perceive things then they're there to some extent right and the way that he then kind of moved on to being able to say but actually the real world is objective and reliable was to say God is perceiving it all the time and therefore we don't need to worry about whether a tree makes a sound if no one's there to see it because God is seeing everything. You look really confused.
1: No, I, just, I don't. I don't know what you want me to say back to that. Well, I guess it's
0: it's kind of a, a, a well, it involves a lot of thought, I guess, to come up with solutions to these problems. But I guess you've kind of taken the, the position, I think, I think not unfairly so, that either way, the practical realities of the stuff that you need to Deal with and do are going to be pretty much unaffected, right? Yeah. So, like, you've got you've kind of skipped showing your working and just gone straight <laughs> to like. But I think
1: that's. But I feel, but I feel like those kind of questions—they're impossible to show your working. Mm.
0: Well, people have done it in long, in very, very long books.
1: But then, why are you still asking this question? Then, if they've shown their working, why is this still a question? Because people... can't have been that good.
0: Well, people point out problems with all the workings at some point. You know, there's people are still arguing whether Descartes was right about even I think therefore I am. You know, every philosopher leaves a legacy much longer than their own lifetime. Well, not every philosopher; there are some who fade into obscurity. But like a lot of the big philosophical questions end up unsolved. You know, thousands of years later, even when the person who came up with them was pretty sure they had a great answer to it.
1: Doesn't say much, does it?
0: Well, um, maybe. This is, all, this, is, this is all very depressing for philosophy like, <laughs> as, a, as a pursuit but that's okay. pragmatism which is being practical about it things and like just me well it is you but like t- to be to be pragmatic uh, to I guess kind of like say that which I need to know is that which is useful for practical purposes and I don't need to concern myself with theoretical stuff that is a philosophical stance kind of.
1: You could say about anything, though, can you? Yes,
0: and that's why philosophy is useful. How? <laughs> because philosophy is everything. Philosophy
1: is a politician. Well, no.
0: <laughs> I I see what you mean, but I think philosophy is. It doesn't quite
1: fit my agenda, so I'll just ask a different question instead and answer a different question. Well,
0: that would be really bad philosophy. Okay. I think. I think if if you're if you're doing good philosophy, and it can be about any subject, like it could be about criminal reform it could be about what i don't know what's what's another useful thing to it could it could be about epidemiology and like viruses and stuff like if you're doing good philosophy then what you should be doing is looking to come up with like arguments that look for true things and kind of form valid and true conclusions from there and if you find something that doesn't fit your conclusion then you shouldn't change the question you should take that into account and go right well i need to change my conclusion then same as science. Hmm. Like what? 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 What do you think philosophy is? I guess.
1: Couldn't tell you.
0: That's fair. Neither could I. But like, <laughs> I, I I think if I had to sum it up, it would be something along the lines of it's it's a way of thinking about like pretty much any subject, and it it involves things like the scientific method. It involves formal logic and other ways that we have to. I guess as best as we can work out whether something really is true or whether it might not be that's good right that's useful
1: if they do it
0: well that has been the problem historically <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> philosophy are the most philosophy, philosophers <laughs> they're the most inefficient workers
0: i mean well, i wouldn't say they're inefficient like i mean dan dennett pumps out like eight books a year and has done for about the last 50 years but like
1: that's not for the benefit of philosophy though that's for the benefit of his bank account
0: that's probably true. Um, although he did, because I'm reading one of his at the moment, he did invent the word selfie, which I found really funny. Um, I know, you
1: tweeted it. I told I you you would.
0: You did, and I did. Well, I was planning to, I was planning to tweet it before you told me I was going to tweet it, to be fair. I feel like we might have exhausted, like, philosophy as a discussion, because I feel like it's just...
1: I'm so, I, I'm sorry, I feel like I haven't been able to discuss philosophy with you. My mind just doesn't, it doesn't expand in that way. I have a very narrow frame of thinking. I'm not saying that's... <laughs> Right, but I just I'm just always asking, what's the answer, though? I find it
0: strange that you would admit to having a narrow mode of thinking. Most people wouldn't own up to that.
1: Well, it's kind of impossible not to make that conclusion. Like, I'd rather admit it now than everyone go, oh, what f***ing bit. She doesn't even take on any other point of view. I'm not saying it's not a point of view. I'm just saying my mind just doesn't doesn't go into my filing cabinet. But I think that's I think
0: that's okay. You know, I think I I do think if if you kind of engage with bits of philosophy it has something to offer everyone to an extent but i think it, it it's so hard to quantify that like if you were to find some philosophy that you actually enjoyed it would probably be because it was philosophy that was mostly actually i don't know neuroscience or something
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and so f- for you then it would actually have some sort of kind of practical value because that's what you well that, that that's what you look for because you haven't got time to worry about <laughs> like you know you, you want to get to the the useful stuff and that i think is is fair mm-hmm. enough and like yeah. and you and I are completely different on that front. Would you say that games have taught you anything? She's from well,
1: everyone. Well yeah, it's just quite vague, isn't it? I mean anything. Well yeah, they've taught me how to play the game. Other than
0: <laughs> Would you say that games have taught you anything other than things which are directly to do with themselves or other games?
1: Not not that it stands out. I mean Rayman, he has hands that are attached to his body, and he frees lums. Like, there's not much... <laughs> it's
0: today. not very applicable.
1: I'm sure there's some, like, oh, friendship always comes through, and all those kind of, like, Disney stereotypes Aww. that come from it, but...
0: Is Rayman friends with the lums? I never understood what the lums were.
1: They're locked in cages by Mr. Dark. But is he... And he winds up his fist and punches them. Yay! And then they jump out.
0: Does Rayman... Know the lums? Like, are they mates?
1: Well, he doesn't need to know them to want to save them.
0: Oh, that's heroic. Yeah. There you go. You've learned something there. You don't need to know someone in order to want well, to Well, Rayman doesn't
1: need to. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um,
1: but, but I think the games I've played, because they are cartoons, there's, there's not much, like, real stuff to take away from them, I guess.
0: I was interested when we... When, we, when you were learning to drive because we had played some driving games before and we played a couple of driving games afterwards like, and I was curious whether whether when you were learning to drive a real car having played games where you drive cars would have any impact on that and then after you had learned to drive a car whether you would drive any differently in games I haven't expressed that do you know what I mean? I
1: know what you mean but that's a bit insulting to my ability to drive a car
0: no you drive but, a car very well okay
1: I know, I know what you mean, though. Like, I'm not a fan of breaking on on games. You're not. I break in real life.
0: You do break in real life, yeah. But I'm
1: more of a drift around the corner, so I probably maybe don't break as much as some people might in real life. I might drift into a corner more.
0: I wouldn't... She doesn't drift into corners. She's not a dangerous driver, honest. <laughs> no, I think it's obviously you know that if you're driving a real car then the context is very different from driving a game car it's much more you have to But sometimes when you're on the
1: stuff. motorway in real life going like 70 miles an hour and you're like zoom zoom <laughs> like you kind of you don't do it but you imagine yourself on GTA like weaving in and out of the cars But I do I do find it interesting that
0: you and I don't I don't I would be interested to see this with someone who, who maybe doesn't drive a real car when, when you're driving a car in a game like GTA where you're not around a track you're in a, a, a city that has roads and road markings and stuff like all else being equal, you will drive on the right side of the road and kind of.
1: Yeah, but that's because there are cars coming towards you on the other side of the road. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, I suppose that does, that there is kind of a practical incentive for doing that beyond just feeling like obeying the rules of the road.
1: Yeah, but I don't I think don't, it don't transferred onto driving at all. Maybe if I was like, do you remember for the PS2? I don't remember what racing game it was, but you could get an actual steering wheel there were a few and those, a pedal. Yeah. I feel like maybe if I'd done that, that might like, influence it a bit.
0: Yeah, there were some really, there were some that were full on simulators where, like, you basically. And I, I would be interested to know whether someone who had a lot of experience doing a proper driving simulator where they had a physical, you know, gear stick and handbrake and all that stuff, whether they would have any kind of advantage when they came to learn to drive a real car. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know what the answer I wonder if there have been any studies on that or anything, but, like, there have been some crazy peripherals. I mean, there, there's, I can't remember what it's called, but there's, a, there's an Xbox game that has, like, a full tank cockpit that you use to control <laughs> this tank um and it's i think the just getting that peripheral is like a thousand pounds or something crazy
1: mm-hmm. I maybe from cooking mama i don't think it actually did transfer into real life but when i was younger playing it i used to think that meant i knew how to make like oh do you like know? gyoza yeah. or something cooking mama's a really good it didn't give you any actual measurements it was just chop an onion <laughs> put into a steamer
0: but it's very, it's very methodical, and I can see because you are quite a methodical person. I can see you enjoying the fact that it's, it is these determinate steps, and you do each of them, and then you're kind of, like, so in theory you could repeat those steps in real life because it's telling you exactly what to do: chop an onion, boil the water. I
1: do chop an onion the same way you chop it on cooking mama.
0: How did you do it on cooking mama?
1: You chop it in half. Yeah. And then you put it on its side. It's like, so the flat side's then on the chopping board.
0: Well, yeah, because otherwise it'd be rolling around, yeah.
1: And then you make lines in it but don't cut through it and then you chop horizontally Uh,
0: so you've kind of of neatly sort of diced it yeah yeah it's i feel like cooking mama like with a couple of adaptations if it was more specific about measurements and stuff like and it was because you can put stuff on the hob and it'll be done in like five seconds yeah um but i feel like it, it could in theory teach you how to actually cook something in real life you know it could be sort of educational in that sense i guess
1: i'm sure you can get something on the ds that is an actual cooking book
0: Oh, almost definitely, actually, yeah. DS had a bunch of great stuff like that. Mm. Brain training.
1: Yeah, I did play that. Yeah, I guess that taught me how to subtract (laughs) 7 from 80 until it gets to 0.
0: How to subtract 7 from 80 until it gets to 0? Well, not until it gets to 0, but until you can. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah, yeah. Because where it was like 80
1: subtracted by 70 after at like 73, 64,
0: 57. I'm going to have to show you... um, There was a thing where a bunch of people, it was at one of those, um, one of the speedrunning events, AGTQ or something, Um, and they always have a block at those where they, so most of the time there's people, there's human people playing the games, right, but they have a block where there's a robot doing it because it can do stuff that humans can't. Mm. And they had a brain training one of that, and it was drawing these ridiculously complex pictures in answer to questions where the answer was like two, Hmm. and it would still accept it as the right answer. It'd be like this super detailed picture of Donkey Kong or something, and it would go, yep, that's a two, sorted.
1: Wah, wah. What's that? Just another another low in the show, is
0: It's not a low in the show. It's just naturally coming to the end of a of a topic of discussion, and we'll move on. To... You don't
1: plan your question I I look. Get I'm... your script out.
0: This is not a script. This is
1: a. It's scripted, everybody.
0: Well, no, usually it's scripted. This <laughs> isn't. Um, but no, us- usually I do script. I don't think that's a secret. <laughs> I couldn't ad lib like that stuff. I, want, I kind of wanted to ask you, even though this isn't like a news show, I wanted to ask you whether there was anything you were excited for from the PS5 announcements.
1: Uh, Yeah, Spider-Man and Ratchet & Clank. Yes. But that's mainly because I've played them before, so I know hopefully it'll be the same things that I like the second time around.
0: See, that's learning from experience there. You've, you, you experience something and you go, Aha, I had this outcome the first time, so I will do it again and get the same outcome. That's empiricism, kind of. I'm trying, right. to, I'm trying to relate this to. I don't know if it
1: is. You can relate it more to philosophy if you want. It's your podcast. I'm merely your poddy.
0: Poddy. That's true. This is, this is my podcast. Do you know? I don't even remember anything else that was announced. And I feel like I should. But Spider
1: Man. Do you? And. No. No. Tell me where I've got. A similar game that was going to be remade.
0: Oh. Yeah. And I can't for the life oh, of Oh, and really Horizon. Are. Horizon Zero Dawn 2 which I, I don't Not think necessary. I'm gonna because we I think it was mostly me that played the first one and you kind of watched it but you did play a bit of it
1: yeah but then it got too complicated and I haven't played it enough so
0: yeah it wasn't I quite liked the way it tied up and I, I liked the way it explored the different bits of the world and what had happened in the past and I feel like the second one And And has...
1: it came to a complete end.
0: Yeah. I didn't play the DLC but I feel like the second one's going to have a lot to live up to to kind of...
1: Unless it goes back
0: in time. ...repeat that. I don't, I don't want that though. I quite like experiencing it from a distance because then there's still some mystique about it, you know? Mm. But I think I might actually be more excited for Ratchet & Clank because it just, it just looks good even though Clank's voice is different. It's just a fun we're... game. It is. If they have another arena like they had in Ratchet & Clank 3... Mm-hmm. where you just like fight off waves of enemies I'll be very happy because I was disappointed that wasn't in the newest one that's had the uh, hoverboard races instead mm-hmm. I still if you, I don't know whether you've seen it I, I'm unclear as to whether the new Spider-Man one is actually a full game or what like I don't think it's DLC but they've said it is kind of an expansion on the first one so
1: yeah but expansion could just mean expansion of the story into a new game
0: yeah I guess it's it's difficult to tell I think it might not be as big of a game as the first one because obviously it hasn't even been that long since the first one came out um, but I think it, I think it's going to be a standalone thing focusing on Miles and I mean I like Miles
1: well he's still going to be Spider-Man isn't it so it's not yeah. going to be that different
0: I think your main concern is as long as there aren't as many MJ sections oh it's you... just
1: boring it just ruined the pace of the game yeah. you're fighting and then oh sneak 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 she can't even jump stupid girl it's <sighs> just sneak 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 Take a picture. Oh no, no, I'm in trouble. That's and then call,
0: call Pete.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't, I don't understand what it added to the game.
0: I, people like stealth sections, I guess. But or it wasn't really I a didn't...
1: stealth section, was it? It was like a five minute segment. Which like I get the Miles bit because he actually then had a progressing story yeah. because, because then he becomes Spider-Man.
0: Yeah, I think, I think I'm with you. I didn't, I didn't enjoy the MJ sections very much.
1: It just slowed down the pace. I was just thinking, oh, how much more is there to do until I can get back to doing the game that I bought to play?
0: Yeah. It's that kind of expectation versus reality, isn't it? It's like you, you expect that what you're going to experience is being Spider-Man, and then if you're not, it's like, ah. Oh. But like it, I, I felt bad because I wanted to like MJ as a character, but I came to feel a bit of dread every time I saw her on screen because I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to play as you again. Yeah. Ah oh, dear. Anyway, um we have some questions do you want to answer some questions yeah <laughs> sure so we might have touched on this a bit already um moses norton the well-read mage says what are a couple of specific gaming tastes that you and i share and or don't
1: share sriracha chips
0: no but we both a that's not a gaming taste <laughs> and b we it's both just like sriracha t- chips word
1: taste. as in like genres or
0: as, game, games that you've enjoyed that i don't and vice versa i guess
1: I don't know, there's any that I've enjoyed that you don't enjoy.
0: Yeah, I feel like I think most of
1: my games are very nostalgic games. So a lot of the games that I would say I love and could easily play are games that actually aren't available for me to play. Skull Monkeys. Yeah. So most of the games that I would now play are ones that we've already bought because we know we would both enjoy them. Mm. Because I don't have access to playing Crash Bash, because they won't remake Crash Bash, they just remake Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bash was the first one.
0: If they did Crash Bash for the PS5, I feel like that would suddenly instantly become, like, we would have to get a PS5. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the... So if you imagine, like, the Venn diagram of games I like and games you like, the the games you like is kind of mostly within the circle of things. Like, like you say, there's not that much that you like that I don't, I think. Yeah. I'm trying to think of... For some reason... Do you remember at uni, we briefly played um mary kate and Ashley. i was just gonna say that
1: but you enjoyed it
0: i loved it it was great there was the the music video one was so <laughs> difficult and s- like you yeah. had to do the lighting and the yeah. dance moves and stuff
1: yeah but i think you can like any game
0: that might be true i feel like i have and i i, I quite like this about myself i feel like i can enjoy most things even if they're objectively terrible
1: you just like experiencing it
0: yeah like i didn't think I would enjoy watching The Real Housewives, but if you've put it on, I can kind of get into it, like, because it's like, ooh, drama and stuff. Like, I can kind of find something to like in most things, I think.
1: Mm-hmm. Unless it's my parents' film recommendations.
0: Unless it's your parents'. Well, I, d- <laughs> I, d- I don't know. They're not all... If it,
1: all... Right, unless it's my dad's film recommendations.
0: Some of them have been all He's right. He's picked the
1: worst ones. Like... He has
0: He has a track record of picking the ones that I think most, the most people enjoy the least. <laughs> um... Gosh, yeah. Although to, I think the film that you've enjoyed the least in your whole oh. life was Seven Psychopaths, and I recommended <laughs> yeah. that, so...
1: Yeah.
0: I think you, you don't like to be bored. You... Well, okay.
1: What, <laughs> what like, dating profile or LinkedIn profile are you going to see being bored under hobbies? What I think I'm,
0: <laughs> what I think I'm trying to say is you... And actually, it's not. It's not necessarily the same. If you, like you say, if you go for a walk, you can kind of be aimless. You can just kind of enjoy being being somewhere. But I think if you're reading a book or watching a film or playing a game, you you want as many moments of that as possible to be kind of active and interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: I, yeah. You, I, you're
1: you're selling that as if that's an abnormal point.
0: Yeah, and it probably isn't really. But I've, I feel like that some of the stuff that I like, that I feel like you haven't enjoyed is the stuff where either that you have to spend a bit more time not doing anything because you have to think about stuff or it's a bit slower paced or it's kingdom hearts
1: i know i've not played much of it but well, i had to like find shells or something and yeah, again I... I didn't know where i was going Yeah, to be fair. I barely even explored the place, and it was telling me to go to all these different places.
0: The first Destiny Islands bit, where you just have to find a bunch of logs and stuff, and it doesn't really tell you where they are, is a little bit frustrating. It's not the best introduction to it, because, like you say, you got put off by that before you actually got to any of the. Yeah, so
1: I didn't even leave that bit, it was just boring. But
0: from what you know about it, and like, you know, heart and darkness, and hearts and light and friends, like.
1: That that doesn't bother me that much. I mean, Rayman had a man called Mr. Dark.
0: That's true. But what, what I'm hearing from this is that we're going to play Kingdom Hearts again.
1: No.
0: Oh, fair enough. Um, so, right, this is a really specific question.
1: Are you happy that you've answered Moses' question, Anna? I just don't want don't to leave the, the viewers... No, that's a good point. We don't, we, don't, we don't want to leave Moses hanging <laughs> on that
0: question. Um, so you... I'm trying to think if there is any game... I didn't
1: play... Well, I guess I didn't play it, so I couldn't say that I didn't like it definitively. But the one where you had the big animal... And you could stroke him.
0: The one shadow have... of the
1: colossus.
0: That was not about stroking a big animal. Oh, you mean the last guardian?
1: The last guardian. Yeah. I think both of those. though, I'm probably thinking of. Um, they just seemed quite slow, quite grayscale.
0: Yeah, I guess. I guess that's probably it, isn't it? Like I, I have the capacity to, like, be be a bit bored to enjoy slower games and stuff, and maybe. Maybe games that are a bit more frustrating, and I think you—you you don't. That's not what you're there for. You want to have a good time. Yeah. Which is fair enough, I think. Yeah, I can't—I can't think of any games that you've played that I didn't like. Um,
1: Maybe it's because of because you were an Xbox person, I was a PlayStation person.
0: I wouldn't say I was
1: an Xbox person. You had an Xbox when we got together. I—I I, I was. And a you PS... hadn't had a PlayStation.
0: I was a PS2 person, okay. and then I had an Xbox. Jump ship. I jumped ship, but then I came back. I haven't—I've—I've I've had a PS4. So. Because of me. Well, because we bought one together, yeah.
1: Yeah, because I bought one.
0: I wouldn't say that's because of you. I think I would have got it
1: okay.
0: anyway. I don't know. So anyway, yeah, that's... I guess that's it, isn't it? That's the day. You You aren't a fan of slow stuff, and that's probably about about the extent of it.
1: Yeah.
0: That's fair. Um, so, very specific question here. Mm. Um, Alex Sigsworth asks, what's your position on anti-nihilism? You're going to have to
1: elaborate on that.
0: Well, I had to ask him to elaborate as well. So nihilism is the philosophical position that basically nothing has meaning and nothing really matters. Um, So anti-nihilism could describe a couple of positions. It could just be saying, actually, things do have meaning and things do matter. Or, and this is the one I think he was talking about, it could mean, sure, there's no greater meaning. Like, there's no ordained meaning from any kind of deity or from the universe itself or just... There's no kind of natural fate to things and stuff, but that doesn't matter. We can still make our own meaning and find, I guess, like happiness and joy and things like that, despite the fact that there's nothing sort of cosmically making that available. How do you feel about that?
1: Um, well, I, well, I'm I'm not religious or believe in anything like that. Yeah. So for me, I've made my own meaning. Yeah. And again, I think so so, a... so for the lar- the very very large proportion of people probably that aren't either aren't religious or atheist. Mm. But I'm just saying, like, the people that don't have a, a, a belief telling them what their meaning is, yeah. they're all still functioning in society the exact same way. Well, I mean,
0: I think feeling like there's no meaning can lead to depression and things like that. I should. You've kind of taken the practical point of view again, which is like. <laughs> which is sort of that it doesn't really matter, right? Because.
1: No, that's not what I said. I'm saying there must be meaning without a big and god or cosmic force because mm. people that actively choose to deny that existence still have meaning
0: but yeah but i i i do think that's the practical that's the stance that a practical person What's the other stance? would take because well so the other stance would be to say that um to kind of get hung up in in the idea of whether there does exist something that could determine a meaning and then to decide unless I know whether this thing exists, I can't say there is meaning. Like, if you're being practical about it, what you can say is, either there is nothing that makes this meaning, or I don't know whether there is, but for my purposes, I am able to feel satisfied with doing whatever I can to kind of create my own meaning and that kind of thing. Because what else are you going to do?
1: Well, exactly. So why, why is this nihilism a thing anyway, then?
0: Well, because a lot of philosophers... We're all still of,
1: alive and functioning.
0: Yeah, no, a lot, a lot of philosophers do like to get a bit uh, broody, shall we say.
1: But if you're going on your thing about you need to experience something to know something, if I've experienced meaning, then therefore there is meaning. I experience, therefore I am. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, no that's, that's, that's a good point. I think
0: my, well, my personal position is that you can make your own meaning and even if there were some sort of cosmically ordained meaning one that you made for yourself wouldn't be less valuable than that like you you can decide that that's the one that you want and that's important to you um and i think people
1: choose to go from religion to not religion people choose to go from not religion to religion like they can change their meaning system
0: yeah every everyone can change their mind about what's important to them and i think the fact that something is important to someone is enough.
1: But then, could you argue then the meaning is constructed by being told what is enough.
0: Oh, yeah, no, well, oh, gosh. Well, meaning, hmm, 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 many thoughts. So yes. my
1: adverts tell us that this is the present you want to get for you. Here's the perfect Father's Day gift. Ooh, yeah, that does look like the perfect Father's Day gift, even though I would have never thought that myself unless this lady on an advert had told me.
0: I don't know how to respond to that. I get, I think there's like, there's, there's, there's a, <laughs> that's a really good point. Like, are we actually making our own meaning, or is it, is it being made for us, and we're just kind of not realizing? Like, are we just susceptible to being told this is what you should value, and therefore we do?
1: Of course we are. Else, all these businesses wouldn't make so much money.
0: Excellent point. But I, I, I think that on the whole, people. I was going to say can be trusted, maybe not can, but on the whole, people should be trusted to, even if there's stuff telling them what to value, to, to actually make up their own minds about that. And whatever des- decision they make on that is perfectly good, unless it hurts someone else.
1: Well, it depends on how they're making their decision.
0: Well, yes, because if they've that's got a family they and they're
1: thinking, oh, well, just for me, this works for my benefit, even if it means my children are not going to like me anymore. Like, it it depends on the process they go through to decide whether that meaning is their meaning.
0: Yeah, and I guess that's why I say, like, we should trust people to go through the, I guess, a a correct, air quotes, method of determining what what that meaning is going to be, but then we're down a further rabbit hole of, well, how do we work out what that method should be?
1: I'm sure there's a philosopher somewhere that's tirelessly... Oh, absolutely. ...writing a book on it. To sell us, to tell us why they're the right one, and get money off of it.
0: Well, it's 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 a similar position to existentialism as uh, Jean Paul Sartre did, or humanism, which is kind of a more modern secular thing. Um, cool. I feel I feel like that's. I feel like we should wrap things up.
1: How would you even summarize what we just talked about?
0: Um, well, we talked we talked a bit about so this is, this is the podcast about video games and philosophy I don't think it's the only one but it's, it's mine um, we talked about video games we talked about philosophy um, and we kind of took some little detours and then we we wrapped it up in a really professional way right?
1: but I'm still waiting for that part
0: uh yeah well I, th- I, I feel like that's a good <laughs> note to end on
1: what do you want people to take away from this?
0: What do I want people to take away from this? Um, yeah. That.
1: What's your summary gonna say? I to don't lure know. People in. Why would someone want to listen to this?
0: Because you are you you are I, I think although you although you don't think you have any kind of you, you don't think you care about philosophy. I feel like you you have an approach that kind of actually does get to sort of the reality of things and I think that's interesting and useful as a perspective
1: on philosophy you know I enjoy debating it but you've just not given me very good debating material
0: well I didn't want to get too heavy (laughs) I I didn't didn't want us to be here arguing whether like (laughs) whether rationalism or empiricism is better like that would just that wouldn't be very fair and I'm not sure it would be that entertaining and also I would get smacked (laughs) so there just wouldn't be much point of that but um no I feel like we you know we talked about games we talked about knowledge a little bit and how you learn stuff? You've, you're making a face, but we did, kind of.
1: We, not really. We just talked about how you like learning in games.
0: Yeah, that's knowledge.
1: Okay.
0: That's we This is how you do philosophy, by engaging with stuff that there is. Okay. Because what else are you going to do?
1: Go outside for a walk. Yeah, fair Play point. Play walking simulator.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair point. Well, thank you for coming on the show, though. I, I appreciate it. And I think that I, I mean, I like talking to you about stuff.
1: <laughs> yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> Silence. Um, yeah, this is the bit where I sign off, I guess. Cheep, cheep, cheep. Look, it's not. I'm not used to doing interviews. I'm not good at, like, segueing into the, the end and stuff. But um, is there anything you would like to say to the listeners such as they are?
1: Buy Chris's book. Oh yes! Well, use this to shamelessly plug yourself.
0: Yeah, good point. Buy my book, Each Little Universe. It's out now. It's got really good reviews. People really like it, and it's great.
1: It's a love story, but it's not about love.
0: You you've been reading the description.
1: Yeah,
0: well, I read the blurb. Yeah, you read the blurb. Yeah. No, it's 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 kind of it does it does what we've been doing a little bit. It sort of it, it engages with I guess pop culture and that kind of thing to think about stuff that is in some way philosophical and hopefully also entertaining at the same time.
1: So if you. find are listening to this right now for 99p
0: 99p no because that'll have run out by the time this goes up
1: (laughs) for 199 there you go (laughs) you can if you've got reason to listen to this you've got reason to read the book
0: this she's my hype man she's fantastic to
1: the to the five people that might listen to this
0: (laughs) slightly more than that hello everyone (laughs) uh dear well thank you very much for coming on I, I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. Good. That was enthusiastic. Um, I was going to say I'll see you again soon or something, but like we're just going to go together and, and go and now. yeah uh, you want
1: If you want to search for a video tutorial on cooking meals, they'll be up on YouTube soon.
0: Will they? No. Are we doing... <laughs>
1: no, we're not doing that.
0: Maybe... If you want Hannah and I to do video <laughs> tutorials on how to cook, <laughs> how to cook meals, because we make some good stuff, like, uh, yeah, hit me up. At Overthinkery1 on Twitter, uh, philosopherargo at gmail.com. All those things. Yeah. Cool. Uh, next time we will do, well, actually, so what you might be expecting, if you've been a listener for a while and paid any attention, is that we'll be moving on from epistemology now and moving on to ontology, which is talking about what there is and stuff. Um, I actually think I have one more episode on epistemology to cover before we get there. So, mm what do you mean boo no it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a really interesting one it's gonna be a bit different and it'll be great so tune in for that
1: or don't
0: no do tell, tell people to tune in tune in thank you do one more quack bye, bye, bye. all right bye, bye. was that bye-bye that was i love you right <laughs> yeah okay i love you too Thank you ever so much for joining me for this episode of Philosophy Raga. It's written, edited, and produced by me, Chris Durston, with invaluable help from consulting producer Moses Norton. All the music that you hear in the show is by me, and the show's logo is by Moses Norton with graphic design from By Wisdom Designs. The show is part of the Littlefellow Media Podcast Network sponsored by Buzzsprout, which is awesome and means that there are a whole bunch more shows out there that you would definitely love, so check them out. The well Red Mage's dream of a better future for gaming discussion and community is made possible by your support, so please do give PhilosopherRugget a like, follow, review, or share. Tag people you think would enjoy the show, yell about it in the streets. Actually, maybe don't do that at the moment because we're in lockdown. Yell about it on the internet. Spread the word. I'll love you forever. And if you consider supporting me and The Well-Read Mage with a monthly pledge of any amounts at patreon.com slash Mage, I will personally... This flame is turning to embers for now, but the fire of wisdom never dies. Bye-bye. My name is Katie Cakes, and I am the host of Cake Bites, a podcast adventure through gaming history. I am just inviting you to come along with me on that journey while I interview people who have worked in and around the industry for the last 30 plus years to learn about their experiences and their perspectives to learn more about an industry that is continuously evolving. I hope you guys will join me every two weeks when I release a new episode of the show on all major podcasting platforms. You can learn more about the show at kickbites.com. Hi, my name is Roger Reichert, host of the Dialogue Tree Podcast, your source for interviews with creators within the video game industry. Join me as I interview people within the gaming industry and learn about their story and share those stories with you. New episodes will release every other Thursday on iTunes, Google Play, Buzzsprout, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us at GamerHeadsPodcast.com. That's the Dialogue Tree Podcast now part of the little fellow media podcast network